Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. What does real prayer look like when you pray? How many people here love, like Tracy said earlier, how many people love to pray? A few little gentle nods there. Love so much. Yeah, maybe. How many people love, how many people pray regularly? Regularly means like once a month or more. I've got people looking around, checking the hall at this moment in time. You love praying or praying regularly. How many people are confident in how to pray? I had one yes. It's encouraging, isn't it? I, I don't know about you, but I don't always think I'm a very good prayer. So if that's not what we want to hear about someone who's about to speak on prayer. I don't think I'm very good. I get easily distracted hoping for a few more nods, but okay, maybe you're already distracted. I, I'm, I'm, last night I was sitting at our computer trying to book um, accommodation. I'm going to, go to, the whole family are going away in the summer, I'm going to visit my sister who lives in France. I said to her, great, we'll find a house near where you live on those beautiful, you know, internet sites you can go on. You can put your dates in and you can search and you find the perfect home within minutes of tapping on the app. Isn't that right? Well, after about two hours, nothing was working. I could not find the right house. If I found the right house, it was the wrong date. If I found the right dates, it was the wrong location. And I was like, oh. And eventually I found someone. I did the whole, that will do. Bang, that will do. Immediately, the person who owns this house said, oh, actually, the dates you've asked for are no longer available. And I went to bed last night going, what a waste of time. This morning, my sister she texts me and she says, oh, good news. The person opposite us or near where we live, um, they're going to go on holiday when you're over here. We reckon that you can have their house. So I mentioned to Lottie, I said, Lottie, I've had a great moment. We went to bed last night, all frustrated. I woke up this morning and an answer. And Lottie went, yeah, I was praying for that. <laughs> oh. Now, I know you're all celebrating, but I mean, I'm like going, seriously, why did... I mean, I always think God's power should be used appropriately. Lottie used it to pray for car parking slots and traffic lights and holiday homes. And I'm like, seriously, ugh. But prayer is this massive subject. You know, people pray. Atheists pray. People pray. Everyone has a style or an approach throughout generations, throughout for thousands of years, people have prayed. People have chosen routines, habits, systems, styles, ways of praying. Praying in silence, praying aloud, praying, praying in, in routine and habits, praying and free and praying when they walk and praying when they go out and see places and praying around buildings and in buildings and praying in communities. People have always prayed. And yet so often it becomes this nervous, how do I pray? Can I pray? What do I do? How should I do it? When should I pray? And we're going to do some of that this morning. Uh, there was a, a, a study done last year by Tear Fund that worked out on their study that 51% of people in the UK pray. It's quite accurate, isn't it? 51%. About half the people in our nation reckon they pray, which considering about 10% attend church regularly and only about 30% once, twice a year more people pray than attend a church. 
And people say they pray because often they pray because they're in a crisis. That's a typical answer of why I might pray. They pray for family members. And they pray because they believe something will change if they do it. And maybe you're like me and you might think, I'm not very good at prayer. Uh, the goodies I want to say to you today that prayer is a skill. It can be learnt. Praying is something that can be learnt. You can gain an understanding of how to pray. It's not something you can just pick up one day and go, oh, easy. You can get better at it. If you think I'm not very good, then it's okay. You're not alone. And there are other people. Maybe you think you've absolutely nailed the praying thing. And you've got it down like absolute. You're like a black belt prayer. Then wonderful. We need you to come and help us train the rest of us mere mortals. But what does Jesus say on prayer? We're talking about this series of, of real and looking at the story of Jesus and trying to be an authentic follower of Jesus. If we want to be like him, how did Jesus pray? Well, the good news is Jesus said a lot of things on prayer. If you turn to Matthew 6 in your Bibles, um, last week we used the same passage of Scripture talking about giving and generosity. See, Jesus actually says the same thing about giving as he does about prayer. And the same thing about prayer is he says about fasting, going without food. And, and, and we could probably sum up the whole thing and go home early. Jesus basically says, when you pray, don't make a big deal out of it. When you give, don't make a big deal out of it. When you fast, don't make a big deal out of it. Because it's between you and God. It's not for others to be impressed by your praying or others to be impressed by your giving or others to be impressed by your giving up of food. He says this, when you pray, Matthew 6, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. The synagogue was like the local church for the Jewish people. It was a place they went to regularly. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray... Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Jesus said, when you pray, just do it. Make it something you do. It's not an, it's not an if, but when you pray. Jesus didn't say, if you pray, here's how you do it. He said, when you pray. When you pray. When you get round to that moment of prayer. Just to do it. Make a time. Make a habit. Get up in the morning. Find a space. Whatever works for you. When you pray. Pray. Do you know people who have um, special prayer voices? Has anyone got a friend who's got a special prayer voice? Um, I have apparently what's called a church voice in my family. Lottie and I will be talking about something to do with the church. And my children will say, Dad, you're talking about the church again? <laughs> How do you know? You've got your church voice on. <laughs> apparently there's a church voice, I don't know. Um, but do you ever know people who have those prayer voices? They're sort of like special voices reserved for prayer. It's a bit more gentle and soft and longer words that impress the people listening. You ever had that kind of, wow, they pray really well. It's like a telephone voice, but for God. They've got a posh Radio 4 prayer voice. 
And I know you haven't, but you might have a friend that's got a prayer voice. And they turn it on when they do the prayer. And they have certain words they use that they would never use the rest of the week. But they, when it comes to praying, we must use that word. Because, of course, if we start with dear God and finish with our men, everything in between is guaranteed. Isn't that right? And if our hands are together, we're kneeling by the side of our bed, then that's absolutely ironclad. And we do this kind of strange thing where we use this kind of different language to talk to God. Or, again, you may have a friend who does what I like to call the gossip prayer. Dear God, I know the poor Jeffrey and Anne are having a terrible marriage at this moment in time. Everyone's looking up around the room. I walked the dog and I heard them arguing just the other day outside of their house. We're not talking to God. We're making sure everyone knows that we know something about someone else. And we do this kind of praying with one eye on God, but making sure everyone can hear that we know stuff. We do those kind of prayers or, you know, people kind of revealing their knowledge or impressing you with their scripture, whatever it might be, um, praying with their own personal agenda. But the Bible says, get yourself away. Go into your room, shut the door, spend time with God. No one needs to hear what you are saying. I think one of the reasons why prayer has become, for some people, a complex and complicated thing is because people like me who lead churches turn it into a job. We have people who seem to do professional prayers, who can stand in front of people and lead people in well, eloquent praying. And we're like, wow, if only I could do that. And we turn prayer into an art form and a mystery when it's just meant to be a conversation. And I'm sorry if that's ever been your experience. Thinking, oh, I'd love to be able to pray like so-and-so prays, but I just, I just my, my words mumble out. I don't quite always make sense. I'm never quite sure if God understands what I'm trying to say. But Jesus says, get yourself away. Talk to him in private. Y your father already knows what you need. He's not like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Never thought you were going to ask me that. He's like, I've already got that down. I'm already working on that one. Before you even uttered it from your lips, I was on it. The Father who sees what you do in secret will reward you. And here's the good thing. When you're in private and in silence with God, you can do the gossip prayers if you want to because there's only God listening. You can use whatever language you want to. French, German, Spanish. You can speak in biblical tongues, whatever works for your English. God doesn't mind. No one's impressed. No one else is listening, just you and God, when you pray, find a space, get some time, find a way of doing that works for you. The next question I've got for you is who can pray? If the when is everyone, not if, but when, who can pray? Here's a great one for you. Everyone can pray. Everyone can pray. Do you know, even people that don't know God can pray. If you're not sure about that, fill a plane with atheists and then let the pilot jump out and watch how many people start praying to a God they don't believe in. God listens to everyone's prayers. He doesn't assess your prayer with a filter that says, do they go to church, yes or no? Are they a Christian, yes or no? And if the answer is no, then I won't listen. God is interested in all of his children. He cares about everybody. 
he is not just exclusive to certain people who behave a certain way. He loves everyone. And if you look at the book of Matthew again, but a few chapters on, Matthew chapter 21, a, a part of Scripture has probably never been used to describe prayer before. This is the well-known story of Jesus clearing out the temple from the, the, the money changers. And uh, I remember when I was younger, this was a message that was used to tell us about how terrible Sunday trading was and that we shouldn't do it because Jesus didn't like shops. Um, it's not what it was about. And last week, if those of you who were here, well, I talked a bit about the temple structure. And the temple has this, this system of segregation. In the time of Jesus, there was the outer courtyards, this big open space that was called the courtyard of the women. That's there where the women were allowed and the children were allowed, but no one else would be allowed in there. And oh, sorry, non-Jewish men would be allowed in there. But if you want to go to the inner sanctuary... You had to be a man, you had to be a Jewish man. And if you want to get to the very centre, the holiest place, you had to be a priest. And if you wanted to go into the Holy of Holies, right at the very heart where the presence of God was, you had to be the very high priest. You spent a whole year preparing yourself to speak to God. And when you went in to speak to God and light candles and pray, they would tie a rope around your ankle in case you collapsed or died under the presence of God. And they would then drag you out of... Can you imagine that? Imagine if you were very just quiet and just standing very still while you were praying and suddenly someone pulled you out because they thought you stopped moving. They even had bells around their outfits so they could hear them moving inside the Holy of Holies, a central space exclusively for the special people. And, and if you were disabled in some way and you were unable to walk or you were unable to see, you weren't even allowed in the outer courtyard. That's why you hear the stories of disciples healing people outside the temple grounds because they weren't allowed in. Now watch what Jesus does in Matthew 21, starting at verse 12. Jesus enters the temple and begins to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. Basically, their worship wasn't guitars and drums. Their worship was, we'll bring animals and we'll kill them and say, God, we're really sorry. Will you take this animal as a sacrifice? That's a whole conversation we can get into, but I'm glad we don't do it that way right now. But, but not only that, they also had created like a new temple currency, like a Bitcoin for church. And you had to transfer your money into the temple currency. And you then buy the animals for sacrifice. We'll get into all the details for now, but you'll hear the stories we go through. Jesus comes in, knocks over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, some of the animals being used for sacrifice. He said to them, the scripture declares, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And look out verse 14. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The leading priest in the temple and the teacher of the religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard the children in the temple shouting, praise God for the son of David. What did Jesus do? He'd broken all the barriers to get to God. He said, no, this is not on. My temple is meant to be a house of prayer. My temple is meant to be a place where people can come and gather. And we see there in Matthew's version of that story, the, the, the blind and the lame are in the temple. The children are in the temple. Because Jesus went away with the barriers, away with the segregation. 
Away with the limitation of those are allowed in and those are not allowed in. He went, everyone is welcome. You can have access to all areas when it comes to prayer. In fact, Jesus won further in Matthew 27, when Jesus died. And in verse 50, 57, he, he gives up his, his, his life. And at that moment, the Bible says, there is, there is like, a, like a, you know, kind of a, a, a terrible storm that takes place. Everything goes dark. There is a thunderstorm and there is like movement. And the temple curtain that separates the area where only the priests can go gets ripped from the very top to the very bottom. This temple curtain was thick and it was high and it rips in two and it opens up the central space, the presence of God, because God sent his son Jesus so that everyone could have access to him. That's what prayer is about. Who can pray? Everyone can pray. And Jesus went out of his way to make it really clear there is not a segregated system for special people, more you know, anointed people, more Christian people, betterly, better behaved people, people who do the right things and say the right things. The access to God is for everyone, for all who are far off, says the Bible. Everybody. God is interested in giving access to all areas. You know, have you ever had the experience of going to an event and they give you these special badges with access all areas or triple A on them and you can walk around backstage and you can feel very powerful and you can wave the badge and they let you into rooms and I've done this before and I've just gone into rooms because I can. I don't really want to go into that room but I think I just want to try the magic power of the badge. That's what we've got when it comes to prayer. You can pray and God listens. It doesn't matter what you've done or not done, you pray and God says, I'm, I'm ready to listen to you. Jesus said, access all areas. Jesus said, everyone can pray. Jesus broke down the limitations on the, on the temple. He said, this is not good enough. We're not having this. Last point here, number three. Learn some skills together. Jesus, how do we pray? It was a question his followers and disciples asked the question. How do we pray? How, I don't know how you pray. We don't go around and do a, you know, a survey. Don't worry, you're fairly safe. How do you pray? Well, Jesus told the disciples how to pray in, in Matthew 6 again. And he said to them, it's very simple. It's a, a passage of scripture I learned through Cub Scouts when I was a boy. It's well known. It's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. A famous Bible passage. But Jesus was just saying to his followers, here's how you pray. When you pray, find a time. Anyone can do it. And here is how. There are so many ways to pray. I'm going to mention a few of them in just a second. But there's always been this tension between prayer as a religious activity and prayer as an essential priority. And you can easily slip from one to the other. You pray out of essential priority. You think, yeah, it's really important I want to pray. And then it becomes your routine, your habit, and then your habit becomes your religion. And we've got to keep on making sure that what we are doing in our praying to God is something 
that is part of our everyday activity, our norm, not something we do because it's our religion, a religious activity. You know, about building a relationship with God, not just listing out our list of needs. There are so many different ways you can pray. Um, I've been using recently as a new app. Yes, you can get praying apps. They don't pray for you. In case you want, you can just press a button. It prays for you. But um, there's one called Prayer Mate, which I've used before. It's very good. There's one called uh, Inner Room, which is by the 24-7 Movement. They've just released it three or four weeks ago, and I got to see that um, the last few weeks. And you can write their lists of people you want to pray for. Many of you sitting here today, you are on my app, and I pray for you. When you ask me, will I pray for you? Yes, I will. And I add you to an app. How frightfully modern I am. It's like a pen and paper for people who haven't got pens and papers anymore. And I put it on my phone, and in the morning it buzzes, and it says, right, pray for this person. I pray for my family. I pray for those in need. I pray for overseas challenges that we're being faced. I pray for our government. I pray. I find ways of praying. Find a way that works for you. Uh, When I was a child, I was taught the teaspoon prayer. Do you know the teaspoon prayer? T-S-P. Thank you. Sorry. Please. Come on. 101 prayer. Here we go. That's how it's easy. Prayer is a way of doing it, just a way of talking to God. There are so many different ways of doing it. If you're not sure, ask someone, find out more. Um, the Archbishop of Canterbury has got this annual event called Thy Kingdom Come every year around the Pentecost season, encouraging the church to start praying. Uh, here in Romsey, we're going to gather with the other church in the town and we're going to do what's called Say One For Me. And we've done it the last couple of years. We go on the street and we just bump into people and we say, excuse me, if you could have one prayer to God, what would it be? It amazed me what people would say. People who say, I've got no interest in God, but if there was one prayer, I'd love you to pray for this. And last year, we, get, we gathered over 800 prayers from people in the town here in Romsey and we put them up in a church room and we just prayed that, that, God, your kingdom would come in those people's lives. It would be their reality. There are so many different ways. Um, we've got our prayer space coming up in April. Um, we've got 24 hours of prayer in the office, church office, and there'll be some creative space and some new ideas. Get yourself signed up there quick uh, when that gets released and participate in praying together. And tonight we have in church office 6.30 our monthly prayer meeting. We're going to be praying for Tracy. She takes on her new role. I encourage you to join us as we pray. Who can pray? Anyone can pray. When can you pray? Anytime you want to pray. How do you pray? It's really simple. Can I give you four ways to pray as I finish? Is that all right? Number one. I mean, I don't know why I'm asking if it's all right, to be honest with you, because I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I just thought that. Why did I ask that question for? Anyway, unless you went, no, thanks, we'd like to go home now. Uh, number one. <laughs> move on, Sim. Number one, show up. Show up. One of the challenges of prayer is sometimes we get so busy. Find a time and show up. Find a routine that works for you. Same time, same place. Some people have a prayer chair. Anyone have a prayer chair? I have a prayer chair. It's a very comfortable chair. And I get up early in the morning before the family awake and I go down and I I spend time reading scripture and I, I sit in this chair and I spend time praying. Unless I see things out the window that look quite interesting. And then I go, oh, I pray in my prayer. Shall I have a habit and a routine? Find something that works for you. Whether it's when you walk the dog, you pray. 
whether it's when you commute to work, load up your podcast on your phone or whatever it is, read your Bible and pray on your commute. Find a habit or a place when I drive the car to pray. Don't close your eyes, just leave them open. It's always good. Uh, but find a time to show up. Create a habit of prayer. Number one, show up. Number two, look up. Our Father who art in heaven is how the Lord's Prayer starts. Start by looking up to God. Start by worshipping him. Before you start rattling off your shopping list, spend a moment being thankful. There is always something to be thankful for. God, I'm so thankful for what you've given to me, the people around me, my friends, for the, the opportunity I have today to experience new ideas and new excitement. Look up to God and spend time being thankful, worshipping him. You know, put a piece of music on or something that helps you just to kind of get yourself there and go, I want to spend time with God. Look up. Worship him. Number three is a bit abrupt, but I think you get how it's going. Shut up. Do you know one of the biggest challenges of praying is silence for many people to stop and to listen. You know, prayer is a conversation between you and God. Conversations get very boring when only one person is speaking. We want to listen to what, what is God saying. How, maybe he's got a prayer list that he'd like to share with you. Maybe his is better than yours. Just put it out there. God might want to say something to you, but how can he say anything if all you're ever doing is speaking? Somebody once said to me, you've got two ears and one mouth and you should use them in that ratio. I'm still learning that one. But we need to listen to God. If we're going to pray, are we people that stop and be still and know that he is God before we crash on with the rest of our ideas? And I just want to say as well, God will often speak through the word of God, the Bible. Open up the Bible. Pray, listen, and go, God, will you show me something fresh today? Reveal something new to me. Number three, shut up. Number four, speak up. At this point, this is where you get to share your desires. You get to absolutely download on God. You go, God, I think you're amazing. I'm spending time worshiping. I'm listening to you. And God, now I want to just say, Here's my download of my thoughts right now. I have the privilege a couple of times a week to pick up my youngest daughter, Mimi, from school. She's 10 years old. And I pick her up from school. And the moment she leaves the school gate to the moment we arrive at our front door, she downloads. I get everything. I know what the teacher did or didn't do. I know what she had for lunch. I know what the friends she was playing with, what experience she had, the lessons she had. Download. Do you know what? It's an absolute treat. Because I know she'll hit about 13, 12, 13. And the downloads might be get less. Right now, she thinks I'm cool. And she wants to download to her dad. And I'm milking it for all it's worth right now. You know what, God? He wants you to download to him. He wants to hear from you. He is your father God. He wants you to climb up into his lap, to cuddle in and go, Dad, can I just tell you a bunch of stuff that I'm struggling with right now? He's like, yes, please. I've got so much time for you right now. That's how God works with you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to spare time with you. He wants to hear your frustrations and your desires, your excitement, your passion, your disappointments. He wants to hear all of it. God is interested in spending time with you. 
in a moment we're going to pray together. I thought it was a radical end to our time. Uh, if we get the worship team up to join us. As we bring things to an end, the truth is we are all made differently. So we can all pray differently, can't we? I love the fact that God made us in his own image, and yet we are all so different. Some of us prefer silence, and some of us prefer, prefer volume. Some of us get angry in our prayers. Some of us struggle to be that honest with God. Some of us speak in English. Some people speak in tongues. Some people have a particular place they go. Some people don't have any routine. It's an ad hoc relationship. Some people love to lie on the floor on their knees uh, before they go to bed as they wake up. Everyone has different ways of praying. Do you know what? That's okay. God doesn't go, actually, I prefer the Sunday morning 10.30 to 11.30 prayer. They're the best ones. I think God says, I'm ready whenever you are. I'd love to hear from you. I believe our prayer life is a preparation to what God is calling you into. I believe our prayers are a prophetic statement of what is to come. It calls the future into the present. It says, I can see something different, and I'm speaking out believing it will be something we can see today. That's how prayer works. It's not that God's not already at work. God wants us to start to see and speak out what he's already put on our hearts. Our prayer life, this skill that we can learn, it's all about conditioning you, getting you ready, preparing you for what he has for you. It doesn't matter how you pray, but we need people who just pray. I want you to stay seated. We're going to spend a moment in just to pray. But I want to read to you just one quote from a well-known author on prayer, a guy called Pete Gregg, friend of many, who's the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, which is now 20 years old and sees millions of people around the world praying regularly in different ways. And he says this, he wrote it on Facebook a couple of years ago and I stole it. And it says this, um, I meet so many people who struggle with prayer simply because they're trying, usually quite heroically, to copy a style or a system that belongs to another person or another time in their own development. In prayer, more than any other area of life, the adventure begins when we stop imitating and start innovating. Haltingly at first, we venture to develop a language, a familiarity and fluency particular to our own unique circumstance and psychology. You probably don't look like anyone else. You certainly don't need to pray like anyone else. You can dance, weep, sing the blues, rap, run till you sense his smile, write Pachakan sonnets or throw yourself down a water slide dressed as Tarzan, yelling hallelujah if that's honestly your thing. The Father's invitation to each one of us is to relax, exhale and unclench. Swap religious formula for real relationship. Stop aspiring and perspiring, performing and pretending, and simply pray. Naturally and from the heart, in the full and wonderful weirdness 
of the way he's actually made you. The way you pray is unique to you. And God loves that. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.